This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to Across the Board on the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you to episode 25 of Across the Board, the podcast that focuses on boards of directors, corporate governance, and management of strategic risk. Today, I have with me Rocky Kumar. Rocky is the Senior Managing Director, Head of ESG Investment and Asset Stewardship at State Street Global Investors. We discussed the firm's recent initiative around corporate culture and board of director engagement on this issue. State Street Global recently released a framework which allows boards of directors to assess and monitor corporate culture And it is an extremely helpful framework and in the public record, so we'll be linking to it in the show notes. Rocky goes through and explains it for us and why it's important and why you should use this for your board of directors and, indeed, any other people that need to look at culture in your organization. It's a fascinating exploration. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. Today, I have back with me a podcast favorite, Rocky Kumar. She is the head of ESG Investments and Asset Stewardship at State Street Global Assets. Uh, Rocky, first of all, uh, welcome back, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me. Thanks, Tom. It's always great to be on your show. Uh, you, uh, rather, SSGA, the current uh, president and CEO, I'm sure I'll butcher this last name, but Cyrus Terrapora-Vela, uh, sent a letter out or issued a letter dated January 15, 2019, about uh, SSGA's new initiative around boards and corporate culture. Uh, together with this letter uh, was issued a, I'm going to call it a white paper, but uh, it, uh, it's entirely titled Aligning Corporate Culture with Long-Term Strategy. And I was uh, extraordinarily fascinated with this, Rocky, because of SSGA's focus on culture and board oversight of culture, not simply as something to happen after an incident or event or for the board uh, to evaluate from a detective or even preventive mechanism, but you guys took a look at it from the long-term investment value approach and have suggested ways that a board of directors can uh, not only oversee, but assess and monitor um, culture. So I wanted to ask if we could perhaps start with why should corporations align culture with their long-term strategy? Yeah, thank, thanks so much, Tom. So uh, you're absolutely right. Most of our conversations to date on culture were really driven by the fact that something had happened at a company or culture had been identified as, um, let's say, something that they wanted to change. And uh, that got us thinking that if we're always having the conversation at the other end of the, that something has gone wrong, and it's part of the solution to ensuring that it that things improve at the company, uh, how about if we systematically raised it and brought attention uh, to the importance of culture in helping achieve strategy uh, right up front? And that's what led us to developing the paper and taking this on as a topic of value driver. Uh, and and for us, it, it really comes with – we are so focused on strategy, and you can have the best strategy out there, but – We've all heard that saying that culture eats 
strategy for breakfast. So you may have the best strategy, but if your culture is not supportive or is not aligned with strategy, you are uh, you, you probably are not going to achieve strategy or it's going to delay the achievement of strategy. Um, and if it is aligned, then you will, you're more likely to have success. So as part of the board's oversight on strategy, we think it's important for them to evaluate uh, culture as a supporter or, or, or something that can support the achievement of strategy. So uh, why are intangible assets so important in an organization's overall market value, Rocky? Yeah, if you really think about all that, uh, the way the economies are transitioning and you think about where value is being created, you really start uh, understanding the growth of um, intangible assets uh, as a value driver on the balance sheets, right? And so whether it used to be goodwill in the long, and now uh, there are things like human capital, which don't really make the balance sheets because we haven't really accommodated accounting and uh, reporting to actually value and capture these assets, but culture is an asset. It could be an asset. It could be a liability. And I think it's up to management and boards to ensure that this culture of a corporation is viewed as an uh, as something that needs to show up on, if it were to ever show up, it would show up on the asset side of a balance sheet. I was a bit disconcerned by the line in the letter, which reads, however, through engagement, we have found that few directors can adequately articulate their company's culture or demonstrate how they assess, monitor, and influence change when necessary. So I was wondering if you might uh, give us a few words of your thoughts or SSGA's thoughts on what is corporate culture. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about how corporate culture is uh, a set of common uh, values that are shared uh, amongst uh, the the team or the staff or the or the uh, human capital or or employees, and um, I think that's uh, what is hard to define. So, are boards aware of how important culture is? Absolutely. Um, and But the, the, it's a broad range of shared attitudes uh, that shape individual behavior. And I think what we found is that boards uh, and management, so, so we recognize it's management's role and management has the most to do when it comes to actually changing culture. Uh, but uh, what we found is that if you ask a question, you it's very hard to talk about what are the exact behaviors that are rewarded, are valued, right? And uh, often the conversation really goes into how boards um, do skip level meetings or they try to get a sense of what's going on in the firm. So I think this, it's, it's the conversation and between and the way boards are thinking about it is not in a very structured manner. They're cognizant of it, and each one of them has their own framework that they use to get a sense of what's going on at the company. So um, one of the things that uh, really excited me uh, about this um, white paper was the framework you laid out, but before we get to that, um, as you know, I play in the FCPA and a bribery and a corruption space. In that area, we see a lot of regulatory interest around boards of directors 
sectors in the United Kingdom, for example, uh, the, finan- the FCA, or excuse me, Financial Reporting Council has also affirmed the importance of culture. And, and ease, even as of January 1 in the United Kingdom, boards are now directed to uh, measure culture. So it seems that uh, there's a lot of regulatory scrutiny uh, in this area as well. Is that what uh, SSGA has found? Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about right after the financial crisis, culture and the feds start focusing on culture here in the U.S., right? So um, this is not new um, in terms for regulators. In, in the U.K., they've actually uh, added it as part of the corporate governance code and, the, and made it an explicit responsibility of the board. Uh, we ha- and what we found is that what shows up in the corporate governance code in the UK trickles down over the next five years into the common expectation, investor expectations across the world. So we think that uh, it is uh, timely for us to address this issue. Um, and I think uh, I was at a director conference um, earlier in January, and I can tell you boards are aware of this issue. It's not that they're not aware, and they are um, trying to address it in a systematic manner, but there's been no framework or there's, there's, it's hard. It's a, diff, it's very, it's a very difficult topic to address. So in your section entitled the board's role in assessing and monitoring culture, you have four uh, bullet points around engaging on corporate culture. Uh, and uh, so I was wondering if you might be able to walk through and really uh, explain what your, what SSGA is seeking to understand. Yeah, and I I think uh, I'd like to really clarify that we're not looking for a one-size-fits-all approach, right? A culture is very unique to a company. It needs to be unique, just like a strategy is unique. Your culture needs to be unique. Um, and so we are really trying to get a sense of, and I, I can, I'm just going to read out the questions. Uh, the first one is, can the directors art- articulate the current corporate culture? What does the board value about the current culture? What does it see as its strengths? How can current corporate culture be improved? Um, How is senior management influencing or affecting change in corporate culture? And how is the board monitoring the progress? So these seem like simple questions, but they're very complicated in the sense that these are conversational questions. These are not a check-the-box kind of a framework, and, it's, and there's no right answer, wrong answer. It's, it's literally these are open-ended questions to get a sense of how um, the board and management is, um, is addressing and looking at culture. Rocky, I was wondering if we could now turn to the framework that SSGA has suggested in the white paper and ask if you could just walk us through this. Absolutely. So the the framework that we have has three parts. One is conducting a gap analysis. It starts by describing what is the culture that is needed to achieve the strategic objective. So as you're identifying and laying out strategy, think about it and expand that conversation to say, okay, what kind of behaviors uh, would I need my employees or what kind of culture would I need for um, uh, if I want to achieve the strategy? Then just take a get a sense of what the existing behaviors are. What would management say are the prime behaviors that they've seen um, exhibited in in what's a true culture? And that gap analysis will tell you a lot. It'll tell you about what you need to change if you can achieve the strategy the way you can achieve it because. Culture is harder 
to change than strategy is, right? It, it, it's, it's, it deals with humans, it de- deals with a collective group of humans, and it takes longer time for humans to change behavior. So I think that's the first thing. The second one is then once you've identified either, uh, you know, if, if you find there's no gap and everything is aligned, then you really want to, you've understood what is, what is important to your culture that you need to perpetuate. And what are the drivers? That's the second phase. How you, what are the drivers? What are you going to perpetuate? Um, and then uh, if, and if it doesn't, then what needs to change and what's the time frame that you're going to change it in? What are, you, what are the indications? How are you going to evaluate if this is being changed? And the last phase is the reporting phase. How are you going to communicate how culture fits in with your strategy and supports your strategy? And finally, how is the board getting a sense of culture? So I think that's in a very simplified manner uh, the overarching framework that we've uh, recommended. And could you discuss the three phrases, excuse me, phases uh, that a board can utilize to implement this framework? So it's the gap analysis, the identification of drivers of what helps or is hindering your current culture or needs to change in your current culture. And the third one is reporting out on uh, to your investors on culture. So is this something that um, – how how is SSGA communicating this to uh, either a target audience or even a broader uh, audience of uh, boards of directors literally across the world? Is, is this an educational effort? Is it working with um, other companies? Is it uh, in your own community? How are you getting this word out? Yes, yeah, so much. Uh, so this is not the first time we've uh, undertaken um, an initiative, um, and it, it's a multi-year initiative. So this is not a one-and-done thing for us. What we have done through the paper is um, provided a viewpoint which we share in a systematic manner with all our board board members ahead of engagement. Uh, we also have put it out in the public domain, so uh, other investors who may not have teams can evaluate and understand how we're approaching culture and if they would like to, you know, uh, tweak it, adapt it. In the past, we've had people um, really use, start start actually understanding and, and engaging on the issue also. And we're very happy to allow others to to, to leverage our uh, expertise and and uh, that we have built over the years, and then um, we also are talking about it with uh, regulators and other investors when we can uh, about a priority issue. So I think we do everything we can. Uh, again, I want to go back to the multi-year nature of engagement. We think the first year is about conversation. Um, I can tell you with through experience and years of engaging with directors. The answer is not as important. It's the idea that you raise the question. I have yet to meet a director who uh, didn't answer the question or didn't have the answer in the first year and came back next the, the next year without an answer. And I think what I'm trying to say is that it's okay if you don't, when you come to us, you may not have the best answer. But the it, the year two and year three, if you still haven't figured it out, then I think there is an issue. 
been a problem. And we expect most of the conversations around culture not to have, uh, you know, directors not to have a well-baked answer. But I think by not having an answer, they recognize that they need to go back and, and discuss this at the board level. It allows us to bring this issue into the boardroom and in, and to to have for the board to proactively address this issue. And I think that to us is what success will look like in the first year is if boards are talking about culture in a more structured and systematic manner. Well, Rocky, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but this has been a fascinating exploration of the letter issued by the SSGA CEO and the white paper entitled Aligning Corporate Culture with Long-Term Strategy. I greatly look forward to continuing this conversation with you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Across the Board. As I indicated in my introduction, we're going to link to the State Street Global uh, framework and accompanying letter from its CEO about boards of directors and managing corporate culture. I hope you have found this podcast useful. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you're enjoying the offerings of the Compliance Podcast Network, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode of Across the Board. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.